Hey, this is Adam Torres, and I'm here to tell you that it has never been easier to start your very own podcast. At Mission Matters, our goal is to amplify stories that matter. That means we want to help you start your podcast because your story matters. We can do this in three different ways. One, join our podcast school and take a free or paid course. Two, visit our resources page where we've already figured out what you need, such as where to host your podcast. Or three, heck, we can even do everything for you through our podcast agency, including editing for cheaper than you can do in-house. Oh, and no contracts, services month to month. Get started by heading over to missionmatters.com and click on start a podcast. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Marketing Podcast, your source for all things marketing. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Steve Eggleston on the line. He's a best-selling author, ghostwriter, and founder and CEO over at Eggman Global Agency. Steve, welcome to the show. Excellent to be here. Nice nice to be on. Oh, man, so uh, I'm excited about today's episode. So we're going to talk about self-publishing through ghostwriting. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've recommended to many people. I'm like, you got to get your story out there. you got to get your book done. And if you don't have the time to do it or the profession or knowledge to do it, um, then you got to work through a ghostwriter, but still get the message out there. So we're going to get into that. Um, but before we do, let's go over just for some context a little bit more about what you're doing over at Eggman Global Agency overall. So tell us a little bit more about your company, please. Yes, Adam, what, what I do and what the company does is, is tell people stories. There's a favorite quote from Maya Angelou that I often use, and that is this, there is no greater agony than bring an untold story inside you, and that is the agony that we address, <laughs> believe it or not. Wow, I love that quote, and I have—I don't think I've heard it yet. So thank you for sharing that. Is that you—you you feel it? I feel the pain in those words, and I think it's uh, really a good transition. So let's um, let's just dive into today's topic. So the benefits of self-publishing through a ghostwriter. First off, I don't want to assume that every—I mean, I, this is a marketing podcast, so we're going to have ver- people of various levels of marketing knowledge. But maybe just start off with defining like ghostwriting and how that works. Ghostwriting traditionally, Adam, was a writer whose name did not appear on the cover. The guy, for example, that wrote Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, his name does not appear on the cover. Today, it's changed slightly. Lots of, quote, ghostwriters, in fact, are on books as either collaborators, Donald Trump and or Joe Biden and, or they're with writers. So, somebody with, say, Steve Eggleston. A lot of books I've written will say that with Steve Eggleston. So a ghostwriter is a person that writes a book for someone else who may or may not have his or her name on the jacket of the book with the subject author. 
No, that's awesome. And uh, let's get into maybe. And I, I, I'm glad you bring up this this point about Donald Trump and some other things. I mean, uh, the bottom line is this: using a ghostwriter is a professional way of getting a book out there. And if you think about it, like how many? I mean, realistically, how many presidents or otherwise like have time to sit down and pen their own book? But it's still done. They have to use a ghostwriter. It's impossible for somebody to take um, X amount of time out of their life to get the book done. So some people I've heard they're like well, I don't want I want to write it myself, and they hold off, and they wait, and then what happens is the story never gets told. The story never gets done. I mean, you're not going to, why are you going to wait until you're, you know, until you're supposedly in your golden years, and you're, you're, you're like, it's, it's just not the case anymore. Like, you want to get the story out. Can you talk maybe a little bit about the process and what it looks like? Because I think that's the, the next step to somebody kind of deciding if that's going to make sense for them. Writing a book is a team sport. Many people have this illusion or delusion that it's about sitting under the, uh, the, the <laughs> gas lamp, you know, with the quill pen scratching away. And perhaps, you know, perhaps it is for some, but really it's a team sport. Most books, and certainly most successful books, are a coordination of a team. If you're published, then you've got a publishing team, you've got story editors, you've got an assistant, John Grisham, James Patterson, these guys have a whole group of people. But if you're not one of those guys and you work in the independent world, work with me, for example, and, and, and stuff that you guys do, Adam, you've got somebody who's taking the interviews, may or may not be the same person as the person who's laying it down, and then we're working with the subject author. Some people give us a book that's practically written. Some give us ideas or an outline, and sometimes it's just, man, I got screwed by the system, and I want to tell the truth about what happened. I say, send over the truck right now and use, you know, you, 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 we transfer to send it over, and we'll put together your story for you. Man, that's awesome. I love it. And it may, it may, it makes so much sense to me. And I wonder why more people don't do it, especially, um, because the benefits of just being published, I can say that before I was even in this business, I started my, I sent out my first book and I self-published it and it wasn't professional product at all. I mean, the words were still mine, but it wasn't like professional product, like the, the cover jacket's terrible and I could go fix it now, but I still don't. And the reason I don't is because I'm like, no, I want people to see that anybody can do this. Like one way or another, you can get your story out and published and told. So I leave it out there kind of as a, as a, um, as a reminder to me and to other people like, man, you just got to get the story out there because you're going to, you're going to help people like sharing your story and, and is something that I found through people we publish and otherwise just makes all the difference. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the things that have, um, that have happened maybe, and you don't have to give specific names, but the types of things that have happened for some of your clients after their book was released. Because I've seen some pretty magical things happen, but on my end, I'm a, I don't, I don't want to sound all self-interested, but I know what happens once you cross over to being published. Like, it's different. Well, I've got, a, I've got a classic example, and I keep it using the name because he's a dear friend, a fellow by the name of Dr. Ken Polk, P-O-L-K-E. -E. Uh, he he was an incredible, has an incredible story, born in, uh, and, and well, raised in Collinwood, which is a little mafia town in Cleveland, and it's his story, how he avoided becoming a gangster and instead 
was the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins the year after they won every single game, the only time in the history of the NFL that somebody did it. But it was only because they went on strike. The players still, he got there, then he became a dental surgeon, and we wrote the book when he retired and sold it, looking back, and it's called Conquering Your Adversities. He used that book to run for Congress and land a six-figure job brokering the purchase and sale of dental and medical practices. He's the classic example, and now we're trying to turn it into a movie, which is like a Rudy meets Friday Night Lights with a little bit of Kill the Irishman thrown in for good measure. <laughs> Man, I love this story, and that and the reason I love this is because that's that's just one. I'll throw one out there. I've had people that have gotten jobs; they use it to market themselves. I like speaking engagements. I'll use myself as an example. I was a prior to I've been in media now going on four years, um, but I but prior to that, I was in financial services for almost fourteen years. So the same types of speeches and things that I did on stage, like I used to, as a financial advisor, pay to get on stage to fill up a room so that I could get leads. Um, the other side, once I published, I was then getting paid, and I don't guarantee that for everybody else, and I'm not selling a dream here, but I, my speaking fee went over $10,000 with a published book that was self-published, and I'm like, I used to pay to get on the same stage, and now people, I don't know how, I don't know why, but people just look at you different. Went on an international speaking tour, ridiculous. It's the same content, the same material that I've been doing for many years um, now had a different type of value. Can you talk a little bit more about for some of those people out there that are that are thinking, you know, business development or how to use these books and how to use this marketing kind of as a tool? Well, what you described is is a classic thing that really motivated and really uh, good speaking people do. They use that book where they may not be a great writer, and, and, and I don't mean to comment on you one way or the other, but they're phenomenal speakers. And that book it's the magnet that gets them out there. It separates you from other people. I think a book is like a beacon for anybody who wants to go someplace. You put that book in front of you, and it shines like a beacon in the direction you're going. If you're a great speaker, which you're a very good speaker, you might jump into, like you say, speaking. But if you have other things to do, whether it's running for Congress, whether it's being a businessman and getting new clients, whether it's trying to be uh, – get involved in, in nonprofit or charitable activities. If you've got that book, it's a beacon. You stand out. There's no question about it. And you're proud of it. You're so proud of that book. And you'll give that book away. And you'll and like, like I love the fact that you kept your first book up there. I mean that is amazing because that's reality. That's the awesomeness of of doing it and just not being afraid. Jump in the water Go and swim and just hope there's not any white sharks nearby, of course. <laughs> and by the way, um, for everybody listening, no, I'm not a great speaker, nor was I a great writer. And but, but, it, but the thing that I think attracted people was my story. So that's the thing is that you don't have to be a great ah. writer. You don't have to be a great speaker because I'm neither. Just to be upfront, like I'm neither. I know, I know, you know. And that's not self like a face or whatever they say, like humor. It's just like I'm just being honest. Like I'm not the best, and I should. I probably shouldn't say that as as I want somebody to call and book me. This guy's on the mic saying he's not a good speaker. Why do I want him at my event? But either way, I, I do this for our audience just so they know um, that, you know, I'm not either. And the thing is, is that it's is 
still just percentage wise pushes you over the edge. Like how many people, like if you're listening to this, ask yourself this question, how many people do you know that have their own book? There's lots of people that are like, that are professions in their field. They're really good. They've done some great work, but how many of them have their own book? The answer to that question is nobody. You can count on one hand if you're lucky and maybe you know one friend or maybe you heard of somebody else, but nobody has a book. So as much as people say that, it's like, no, you don't have a book. You don't have a, who has one? So what happens is once you have one and people warm up to your story, all it does is take one person to warm up to your story or make that connection through your words and what you've done um, to, to change everything for you. That's all it takes. So it's just about getting the, your story out there. So for me, I'm like, even if you don't have all those other skills, like you can learn on the road. You can learn as, as you're going along. Like go to Toastmasters if you need to learn how to speak. I mean, do all these other things if you have the time to do it. You get better over time. Like nobody steps on a stage and they have 30 years of experience. That's not happening. Like you're going to bomb. You're going to do all these other things. It's a process. But it's, if it's something that you want to pursue, then pursue it. But the book part is the difference between getting on that stage and being marketable, in my opinion, and not being because without the book, then you're like you're like every other speaker that wants to be on stage but doesn't have any collateral. You don't have anything to give the audience. You don't have um, a really good story and a nice bound book that you can show with people or that you can even monetize. Like without those things, it's like saying that you're a let, let's use your uh, your um. You're, I believe you said he was a dentist. Your dentist example, it's like you're going to the office and you don't have drill, so you can't drill cavities. Like, come on, man. Like, you need a, you need a drill. Your book is your drill. Um, so I love what you're doing, for the record, Steve. And that's why I would bring you on the show, because I believe that the more people can have books, um, ghostwritten or otherwise, I, I think the better that our cumulative knowledge overall um, is. And so I'm happy to promote you and what you're doing, Steve. Um, so that being said, uh, we're, I, I could talk to you, as you can tell, we can talk about this all day long, but we're about out of time. We, for this we, could, we could consume all the oxygen on the planet, you and me. You're, that's a fact. Can. That's a fact. But I, but I do want people to follow up with you. So I want them to, I, I mean, you're a good guy. You do great work. You've been in this business a long time, and you're definitely reputable for being able to get a book accomplished and out there for your clients. So um, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on working with your agency and your ghostwriting services or otherwise, what's the best way for them to connect with you and your team? You either just Google Steve Eggleston Ghostwriter and you'll find a ton of stuff, or my website is steveegglestonwrites.com. And if you want some fun stuff, type in the Eggman, too. You'll get all my music and entertainment uh, side as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Steve, been a pleasure having you on the show today. Um, wishing you much more continued success and for all your clients getting their words out there and heard. Awesome stuff there. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review on the Apple iTunes store. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Marketing, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments in the video. Love to know what kind of projects and things that you're working on. And Steve, thanks again for coming on the show. Hallelujah. I appreciate it.